You're listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. Now, I've been talking to some people and they said, you know what, Jones, that's easier said than done. To not give up, to just say forget it, that's the easy road. Well, sometimes that might be right, but we have to press on anyway. And we get to encourage each other, right? Because sometimes even I want to just say forget it because it's easier to say forget it. But when you're invested in something, when you believe and you're passionate about it, it's impossible to let it go. You may let it go for a season, but you'll always pick it back up. And so it's like, you know, there's many attempts in life. I've tried many things, but it's only the things that I am so determined and passionate and know that I was placed on this earth to do. I can't let it go no matter what. Hallelujah. In Matthew 26, 7, you find the story of the woman with the alabaster box. And it says a woman came to him with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. You know, it's funny when we think about that song, when we think about that story of the alabaster box, we think about, wow, how this woman came broken. You know, nobody really knows the cost, the struggle, the oil that's in your alabaster box. And I just thank God as the, as the image of this woman bringing this gift to Jesus, you know, all that she had, the best that she had, she was willing to pour it out on his feet. And nobody, everybody looking upon her, of course, was whispering, but nobody knew the pain that she had gone through. I just want to take a moment out to address that God sees your pain. He sees your struggle. He sees what you've been going through. He understands all about it. You know, he told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He said, but I'm praying that your faith not fail. And I don't know who's listening tonight, but I'm praying that your faith not fail, that you do not give up, that you would just take that oil and pour it as a praise unto him, like Mary did from the alabaster box. So nobody knows your cost. Nobody knows the pain or the story. Just cast all of that pain, all of that burden, all of that struggle, cast it to the Lord. You see, the Lord, I'm sorry, the enemy wants us to hold these things and harbor them and, and, and they begin to be like poison within us. But it's time that we confront these difficult situations. It's time that we have the difficult conversations. Get a safe, go to a safe place. Call the people who you need to have a conversation with 
and say, hey, it's time out. We're not going to run anymore. We're not going to avoid the situation. We're going to discuss it. You know, just think about what happens when you just let things go and they just begin to fester and grow, become like many volcanoes. And like any volcano, in time it will erupt. And normally it erupts at the wrong time, in the wrong way, and oftentimes with the wrong people. Are you tired of going to everybody about the situation but the person who you have the problem with? It takes courage and boldness to be able to confront in a loving way to have a win-win situation and to not avoid. I think about David when his son raped his sister. And they say, David, you know, that was his favorite. And yet he didn't do anything about it. How many things, how many situations in our life are we, are we not doing anything about it? We, 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 it's the elephant in the, in the living room. Everyone sees it, but nobody is really saying anything about it. This, this conversation tonight is just to help you build your courage, maybe even some awareness around what difficult situation or conversation are you avoiding? And if you continue to avoid it, will the situation get better, stay the same, or get worse? And I don't know about you, but it's time to be free inside of our hearts, right? The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our faults, our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess whatever is making you feel shame, guilt, or regret. I don't want to live a life of regret, and I know you don't either. God gives us this opportunity first that if we have sin, if we have fault, we get to bring it to him and he'll forgive us. The Bible tells us as far as the east is from the west, he'll remember it no more. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Right? But sometimes we can't, not only giving it to God, but we might need to go back and repair and go back and just have a conversation. Maybe the person's aware. Maybe they agree. Maybe they won't. But do your part. Do your part to forgive. Do your part to walk, not in judgment, right? Not in condemnation, but in love. Amen. Freedom. Second, um, well, Micah says in 719 that he will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Let them go because you have been forgiven. And I know that when I'm forgiven, it makes it kind of easy to forgive others. When I, when I realize the things and the struggles I've been through, it, it allows me to have more compassion for other people in their situations. I don't always understand why people do what they do, but for some reason that's in their makeup. 
And until they work it out with God, we try to be long-suffering, right? That's one of the fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering, patience. How can I be long-suffering and patient, and can I still walk in love and joy? Well, that's all part of the fruit, right? And so it's through struggles and trials and tribulations and having triumphs and victories that help us to be able to have compassion. I know what it's like, right? I remember the Me Too movement. Everyone was saying Me Too. It's like they finally came to an awareness that I too understand and can relate with that struggle. I too can relate and understand with the pain and the shame and and regret. Now, how does that link up with, you know, don't give up? Well, when we continue to 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 harbor, to not walk in forgiveness, to have shame and guilt and regret it, it can become such a heaviness and overload to where oftentimes we shrink under it, we disappear, we hide. Oftentimes we we just don't think we're giving up, but we have. We stop using our voice, we shrink, we don't speak up, and we lose our fight. And the enemy loves it. He loves to weaken you with time. You might be strong in your 20s, 30s. When you become 70 and 80, you don't have so much strength. You're more aware of the time you have left. You don't want a lot of strife and contention. (laughs) So we want to be able to acknowledge and to address anything. It's It's like, you know, I went out into the woods and you're out in the nature, you know, when you're in a cabin, it's, you know, full of nature. And you don't want raccoons and squirrels and deer and any other wildlife coming in your little space in your cabin. And let's say uh, a raccoon runs in when you open the door. You you want to work. You're going to work effortlessly to get it out, right? I, I always use an example of a serpent. I'm going to work hard at trying to keep that serpent out because I don't want to have to deal with the consequences of once it gets in, right? So I'm going to do whatever it takes to stop it from getting in because once it gets in, now it's hiding. You don't know where exactly, you know, when it's coming. You're walking in fear because you just don't know when it's going to strike, right? So a lot of times we get to guard, right, our hearts, and our minds. Amen. We have to be the gatekeepers. We have to stand at the the door of our hearts and our thoughts and decide what we're going to let in and what we're not going to let in. Because it's it's much easier to stop it at the door than to now try to fight fight it now that it's entered in. Right? So, we want to stop contention and shame and guilt and those feelings you know, um, before they get in, because they're much, it's much easier to deal with. Let's look at a scripture, um, Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word of God. You know, there's no secret 
<laughs> you know, we think it's magical or secret, but it's really his words, right? This word, David said, had I hid in my heart, then I would not sin against him. And so when we hide the word in our heart, when we spend time trying to, excuse me, understand the nature of God and his ways, he says his ways is higher than our ways, right? But he said also, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, and that we can have the mind of Christ. We want his way of doing things. You know, oftentimes they, they have these bracelets that I used to um, get my kids, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But a lot of times we don't know what Jesus would do because we haven't really read his word. So when the time of choice or opposition comes, we don't really know how to handle it well. And we don't really know. A lot of times we pray for things that God has given us authority over, right? It's almost like I'm praying for $10, but I forgot that morning my mom already gave me $10. So why don't I use the $10 she gave me? A lot of times we pray for what we already have. Sometimes we have to begin to speak it, speak those things that are not as though they were. And so by doing that, we build confidence. We set the tone and the atmosphere. We don't always want to speak what we think we see, right? Because it reminds me of the roadrunner, you know, and the coyote. So the coyote was always trying to pin up and, and kill or capture the roadrunner. And right in the nick of time, the roadrunner would break free and, you know, and, 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 and escape whatever trap the coyote had for him. And so the enemy is trying to do the same thing with you and me. He wants to trap you. He tries to present situations and scenarios that just may not be real. So, for instance, the coyote would put a like a, a, a canvas up of a road when really it was the cliff. But right when he would get to the canvas, Mimi, the roadrunner would change courses. And the coyote would be like, what, what? And he would actually go off the cliff himself. You know, and so it's almost like the enemy is trying to set up these traps of indecision and of, of um, you know, painful situations. He wants you to not forgive. He wants you to harbor all that hate and that anger and that pain. And God's saying, no, give it to me. Let me show you the ways of getting set free, of not keeping it. And let me give you the tools that you need, right? Because, see, we are talking about the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became living so that we could see what it, what, what, what it could produce and do on the earth. And so God left us his word and he left us the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, I, you know, that he had to leave so that he could send another comforter, the paraclete. And so therefore, if we have the Holy Spirit, we get to be those versions on the earth. But we can't be when we're harboring ill will and all these feelings and emotions. And emotions and feelings are just that. Doesn't make them real or not. 
they're not right or wrong. They're just simply feelings. And sometimes feelings or our bodies can let us know something is going wrong, even though our mind is trying to convince us, oh, no, it's all good. It's not good. We have to begin to really address those hiccups that we avoid, those difficult conversations, right? Because all of this is trying to get us to a place where we will not be at dis-ease, right, or have disease in our body, and that we wouldn't give up. There's so many forms and ways of giving up, you know? And so, hallelujah. <laughs> I guess you said, boy, that's just a lot of information. Well, let's, let's talk about Romans 8 and 1. When he says, look, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When the condemners come or the condemning voice tries to come, you have to be able to say, listen, I'm a work in progress. I am a new creature in Christ. And those old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new, right? I am not, I am working on not being conformed to this world, but I'm being transformed. Why? Because I'm renewing my mind in what God has said. Not what parents have said, because sometimes our parents say things out of their emotions and not out of Scripture, right? And so we want to bask in what God has to say about the situation. Isn't that something that we do? It's called prayer, right? When we begin to pray, okay, God, help me to see your perspective on the matter, right? Because sometimes if we have such a negative view and perspective, if we have a condemning view and perspective, we carry that on. And our picture becomes that negativity. And so we constantly want to begin to address it. Now, Jesus, what did you say? Right? So, you know, the enemy wants to plot, but the Lord said he had a plan. And so you want to have the plan that God had for you. You want the plan. So you say, Lord, I want the plan. Right? But you can't, you can't say, okay, God, I want your plan, and then you resort to ungodly ways and behaviors. And, you know, I just have a little thing I know people say. You know, they, people always trying to um, see me from my, uh, my past. They don't let it go. But oftentimes, they're only recapturing and recalling because you're still dabbling. So when people call you out and you dabble, right, then we sometimes get a little upset. But the Bible said that we would either be hot or cold. But when we're lukewarm, he said, I'll spew you out. So God doesn't really want, according to the word, lukewarm believers, right? He wants people who have a made-up mind. You're either hot or you're still yet cold. You don't believe. Or you're hot. You're all in. But when we kind of straddle and we're indifferent on different days, then we kind of weaken our witness, right? And so we have to watch out for that. But there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Absolutely right. So therefore, walk in the ways that God has stated in his word. Amen. And then in John 14 and 1, he begins to say to us, well, look, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. You know, so it's almost like 
Let not your heart be troubled. (laughs) So we have to work on letting our heart, right, be, be a guide for us sometimes. So when what happens when you're troubled, when your heart is troubled, that means you got to address it. You have to begin to work on those things, have those difficult conversations, right? And remember, nobody knows what you've been through, the cost of your oil in your alabaster box, but you know. And you get to bring it to the cross. You get to say, God, here it is. I've come to pour my oil. Hallelujah. I've come to to give you all of my troubles and all of my pain. Hallelujah. Well, once again, you've been listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. Amen. Dry your eyes, dry your tears. Hallelujah. Because no one knows what you've been through. Right? The life you once lived, you don't live that life anymore. You're not a prisoner to the sin that had you bound. Hallelujah. So, we thank you for listening. Invite a friend next time if you'd like. We're glad that you're listening. Have a great week, and remember that greatness is on the inside of you.